As a working mom, I was spinning on my heels trying to be everything to everyone without realizing overwhelm had its firm grip over me. And it's no wonder since we juggle many identities and responsibilities and tendencies to shy away from our awesomeness. Does this sound like you? I believe one of the keys to successful living is activating our personal power. The question is, how do we do this? Join me each week as I uncover actionable tips from experts and intentionally aligned working mums who, like you and me, are on a journey to boost their personal power. My name's Roxana. Welcome to the Personal Power Boost Podcast. Hi, it's Roxana Hussein. Welcome to the Personal Power Boost Podcast. I hope you've had a chance to check out the eight mini launch episodes. I shared a snippet of the kinds of conversations to come. Now, this is the very first full episode of a brand new podcast. So I wanted to let you know my intentions and plans for the podcast. Now, this podcast is here to explore all the ways to activate and access your personal power. In each episode, I will share the many ways on how we do this. The personal power to go from A to B or your desired life. And this includes an awareness of how you think, how you feel and how you behave. To develop self-efficacy, to cultivate the belief, the identity and the capability to activate your personal power. Episode will vary. My intention is to inspire you, motivate you, and give you actionable strategies to get you closer to feeling success and satisfaction in all areas of your life. We're talking about your relationship with yourself, your relationship with others, your career, your finances, your mental health, and your physical health. And I won't be doing this on my own. I will bring on specialists and guests from all areas of health who will share with you their messages strategies and methods for personal growth and I know personal growth can feel complicated or difficult especially when we're feeling where to start how to navigate how to function on top of feeling really drained so I bring you inspiration motivation and mindset hacks from very regular intentionally aligned mums who have risen from the mess and the ashes to reinvent create and live a life of meaning purpose and joy. These are regular women who started life with no vantage point, but a pivotal moment led to self-awareness. Step by step, day by day, they embarked on a journey of personal growth, which in many of their stories has led to new careers or professional growth. I will dive deep into their stories to find out who they are, where they started, why they were stuck, and what did they do differently. So you're able to get to know enough to test a new approach for yourself. You'll hear from corporate career women, entrepreneurs, medics, artists, actors, musicians, scientists, homemakers, and many other types of working mums who are intentional about how they live, how they work, and how they show up. I will also have solo episodes like this one where I will share my personal and professional growth. I've decided to do solo episodes for several reasons, mainly because I want to hold myself accountable. Late last year, the universe aligned and it meant that Tarek became more available to support me in my personal and professional growth. 
You see, I've been a transformation coach since 2018, working with clients on a one-to-one basis, and I'm not ashamed to say I've struggled with the business side. I had a corporate background, and my role as quality improvement lead was varied and highly skilled, but it didn't prepare me for business. I've learned so much about myself. I've learned that when things get hard, I retreat, I avoid, I ignore, and I sulk. So I made some big, bold plans for 2020. Right now, you're witnessing the birth of one of them, which was to launch a podcast. I've managed this in the midst of COVID-19. And today, I ranked top 10 in the UK within the mental health category. I just can't believe it. I will do an episode just on how this all came about and the mindset I've had to cultivate to comfortably step out publicly in front of a new audience. In terms of growing my own coaching practice, so in addition to my one-to-one clients, I've been wishing to move into the online and group coaching sphere. But I've had so many reasons why I just couldn't do this. Mainly time and know-how were my two biggest excuses. Well, now I have no excuses. I have Tariq by my side, taking care of all the technical stuff and the systems that need to be put into place. And I have Jamie. Jamie is my business coach, and he will be my coach for the next 12 months to help me create the business of my dreams. I decided to be bold, courageous, and ambitious this year. I did not let COVID-19 stop me in my tracks. Right now, we're still in the midst of COVID-19, And I want to come out of this phase stronger than ever and have the best year of my life. I'm sharing this with you because I want you to know that I am in the trenches with you. I am working on my own limiting beliefs. I'm developing myself professionally and personally every single day. It doesn't end and I don't really want growth to end. Every time I reach a new level of success in any area of my life, I find there's more work to do new insecurities surface and so my personal growth or evolving is just part of who I am, who I'll always be. To help and guide others, I have to be willing to look inwards myself. And I want to be able to be vulnerable with you, my listeners. I want you to feel that you can be vulnerable with me too. See, faking joy serves no one, but sharing our growing pains create space for discussion and for expansion. And please don't make the mistake of thinking that being vulnerable is a weakness. It's actually an act of bravery and courage. See, I never stop learning to serve my clients. I will inspire you, motivate you, show you how to heal your hurt, give you tools and a mindset that lights you up, that puts a spring in your step, that helps you create a vision, a belief, an identity and the capability to go for it in your own life. So today, I want to use this solar episode to share my backstory with you. Some of you would like to know a bit more about me, how I got to this point. So I'm going to go back in time to share specifically what led to this point in my life. So let's rewind to 2013. My daughter was one and a half-ish and I was holding down a career in the NHS while still catching my breath as an anxious mum. And you're probably wondering why I was anxious. Well, my girl arrived after years of infertility, miscarriages, and the hurt that comes with shattered dreams. Anxiousness had kind of become part of my identity. 
And I am going to skirt over infertility in this episode because I'll plan to cover it in detail another time. So we were living and working in London. She was in a lovely daycare nursery four days a week and home with me on Fridays. I had a really good work-life flow and I was becoming exceptional at pretending I had it all together. So on the surface, I had lost all the excess body fat from pregnancy. I was working out almost every day. I was socializing and I was holding down a demanding role with a long commute. To anyone looking in, I was a highly functioning person, juggling all the different aspects of my life with a demanding career. Deep down, I was battling with perfectionism, worry, anxiety, and this responsibility to be everything to everyone. I just didn't think I was doing any of it right in any area of my life and my efforts never seemed to match up to the standards that I had set for myself. But I was desperate to hold down this facade of being a supermom. Fear was driving my desperation to get motherhood right, even if it meant faking it. If I could convince her, my little girl, that I was a great mum, then all would be well and she wouldn't have half of the demons to contend with that I had endured. You see, I'd been at the receiving end of a highly anxious, paranoid and depressed mum and it had left me both wanting and scarred. I didn't feel enough. I received love based on conditions. How much I did equated to how much attention, love or reward I received. And not always with a guarantee, so I can see why I became a perfectionist. So in early 2013, I became pregnant again. And this was when my descent started. I was just about keeping things together with my girl. And the news of this pregnancy completely panicked me. And I believed another child would cause so much disruption to the facade I had created. I resisted the news and battled with the idea until around the 20-week scan. Seeing that little heartbeat on the monitor and knowing he was a boy somehow lifted me out of the resistance and I surrendered to the news that I was going to have a baby boy. I wasn't thrilled, but I accepted that he was coming. But by this time, guilt and shame consumed me for not welcoming this new pregnancy, especially after years of infertility and miscarriage. I was now not wanting to be pregnant and this really messed with my mind. Later that year when he was born, I felt joy for the first time. But very quickly, feelings of guilt and shame would override that joy. As I held him in my arms, I remember weeping. I couldn't believe that I didn't want him for the longest time. And he was just pure love and such an easygoing baby boy. By this point, I didn't like myself, the person who had resisted this new gift of life. And it became hard to look in the mirror. I couldn't feed him properly. He had a tongue tie and this meant he wasn't sleeping and nor was I. There were, I recall there were two weeks of just pure hell where sleep sleep deprivation crippled me. And on top, my daughter was being a pure diva with her jealousy spiked by the arrival of her brother. I remember a few weeks after my son's birth, I had hit an all-time low in my mental health. I felt empty, alone and scared. And the last time I recall feeling anything like this was when my brother died. I completely, you know, I just felt completely shattered. But somehow I managed to put a smile on my face and get on with my life. We didn't have any family support. 
we didn't have anyone popping in with hot meals or offering to babysit my daughter while I slept. We didn't have anyone cleaning our house or washing our laundry. And we didn't have anyone experienced who could just pop by and spot that my son had a tongue tie or just to give me a hug and let me know that I'm going to be okay. So I mothered myself when I found the courage. Some days, some moments of some days, I told myself, I'm not the only one struggling in this way and that this will pass. But mainly I counted down the hours of each day and some days seemed to never end. I got through those days and nights without uttering a single word of the emotional overwhelm to another soul. Occasionally I would bring things up with my mum friends and kind of things that they would connect with. So the workload or just managing two, two young children. But this was often met with, well, this is normal or it will get better. And so my response often to that was, of course it will. And, you know, why am I complaining? The thing is, I needed to feel safe to really open up about my feelings. But having two babies with you doesn't really create the conditions or lend itself for a peaceful conversation where you can sort of start and end your thoughts without the interruption of one of them needing you. Meanwhile, with all this going on in my head, Tariq was tangled in a complicated financial situation, which added even more stress to my already overloaded mind. Now, eventually things did resolve for him and we applied for a mortgage and moved from London to St Albans. By this point, my son was about five months old and the move meant that I left my girlfriends, my support network and moved into a new town where I just didn't know anyone. And for some reason, it made sense. Also, I thought that I should be the one to coordinate the two house moves over six months since Tariq was working such long days and now commuting from London to St Albans. The children were still practically babies needing full-time care and I took on this additional role of, of, you know, working with estate agents and lawyers to coordinate house moves. Somehow I pulled it off, but I was emotionally depleted and my facade of perfectionism, well, that had slipped. It was one of the toughest, most demanding years of my life. And with the emotional tank on empty, I returned to work in 2014. My deepest desire was to be able to be a role model for my daughter. I wanted to show her that women could have it all. I wanted to raise her in a wholesome way that enabled her to thrive and explore every part of her personality, her talents and her gifts. Of course, I wanted this for my son too. The thing is, I was in turmoil. I was conflicted and confused. Over the next few months, as I went back to work, I avoided thoughts that meant admitting that I just wasn't lit up by my career anymore. I was working in a well-known children's hospital with a talented team of experts. I had great relationships with medical superstars in their field. I had worked so hard to climb the corporate ladder to achieve a role that made a difference and wasn't just a cop. The conflict in my mind came from believing that walking away meant I was less of a role model for my daughter. It meant walking into uncharted territory and facing an unknown identity since my career was such a huge part of who I was. My need to be and prove that I was successful weighed heavily on me. You know, I was the first university graduate who had a successful career in my whole family. Just one generation ago, my family were living in abject poverty. 
I'm talking about no running water, living in a mud hut and having little to no access to medicine. School and education were for the privileged and mainly just for boys. So walking away felt like a reckless move. Walking away kind of invited this possibility of making it even harder to return since the facts are, you know, I'm an ethnic minority, I'm a female and now I'm a mother. You know, the odds are stacked against me. Inside, I felt foolish because I'd worked so hard for 15 years. I'd won mighty battles and now I felt stupid. Stupid for feeling confused, especially since I had two children to take care of, two more mouths to feed. I felt like my daughter was watching my every move, or at least that's what I told myself, as though, you know, somehow she could see the history of my life and would judge my decision as reckless. And what made things worse was at the time I believed my husband's love and respect was largely due to my career choice. He often spoke about my career and held me on a pedestal. And I felt like I was letting him down too. There was a time when I couldn't look myself in the mirror. And you know, I was unraveling. I felt ashamed, guilty, afraid of loss and being seen as a a failure. The career meant I got to be successful, capable and deserving of reward. I was the exception in my family who'd broken through and created a great life for myself. The problem was that things had changed at work. And with hindsight, I can see I was not performing too well. Everything felt hard, the work, the relationships, especially the relationships with a new boss in town. The whole thing just felt horrid and difficult. And all of this meant I lost motivation in all areas of my life. I just didn't care about things anymore. I didn't care if I slipped deadlines. I didn't care if I sat in silence throughout a whole meeting. I didn't care about the quality of my work. I felt stuck and it took its toll physically and emotionally. I actually didn't know who I was anymore. I didn't identify with myself. It was as though someone had taken over my mind. I developed insomnia. I remember being awake at night and half asleep in the day. I could feel myself spiraling into a dark depression. And as I felt more miserable with each passing day, all the while I was so conscious of time or the lack of it, I needed a time out, but I just couldn't escape this negative thinking loop. Honestly, it was like Piccadilly Circus in my head. I was so scared of making a bad decision that I made no decision. I was stuck. And then as if by chance, something pretty amazing happened, something special happened. So one day, it was around Christmas, I broke down to my husband. He could see me suffering, but he didn't really know what was going on. We ended up, I ended up telling him everything. We went through our finances and for the first time, I accepted that I did in fact have some options. It would be tight, but I could resign. Bless him, he passed me the laptop to check the resignation email he'd written on my behalf. All I had to do was hit send. In the moment that followed, I felt a relief, excitement, loss, failure, shame, guilt, and newness, all in one hit as I pressed send talk about mixed emotions at the time without realizing I was waiting for a sign for like external permission or approval to make a decision about work because you know I just didn't trust myself anymore I was even trying to get myself fired by not performing I wanted the decision to be out of my hands 
I just didn't want to admit that the career I'd been that I had worked so hard for just didn't serve me in my life anymore. I didn't want to admit that the idea I was so right about was now so wrong for me. And if I was wrong about my career choice that I was so passionate about, what else was I wrong about? Possibly everything. So after weeks of lengthy conversations with Tarek, it became crystal clear that I was deeply insecure. I hadn't evolved. I hadn't healed from my from the wounds of my childhood. And in moments of self-doubt, I became a helpless child. I became debilitated. I procrastinated and self-sabotaged myself. I also felt like a fraud in my own life. I couldn't believe that I had the life that I did, not in a I'm so grateful kind of a way, but more in a I don't deserve any of this kind of a way. And then this realization led to another pretty special thing happening in my life. I realized that I needed therapy. I started to work with a therapist, which then led me to discovering an amazing coach who helped me to heal and break through all of the reasons for lacking self-trust. I saw many mindset experts over kind of a two-year time period, and each one had a different approach or a different method. But each one was taking me closer to creating the silence in my mind, to to be able to listen to my guiding voice that had my highest intention to experience my experiences and for my inner wisdom to serve and guide me. I should also mention that spending day and night with my happy, happy baby boy, seeing the world through his eyes, through the eyes of a child was amazing for me. He lives in the moment. And I remember times where we would just sit and study a blade of grass or we would watch the birds take off and land. And without realizing this was the kind of mindfulness that I needed. And my baby boy was here to teach me. He was the gift that I didn't know I needed. So after months of personal growth, I created space in my mind and in my life to heal. I discovered the root cause of why I had this disease to please and why I felt the need to show up as superwoman. You know, I always had an idea of why I was the way I was, but to be guided by experts meant that I got to work through the blocks and the pain in a very methodical way. Embarking on on a journey to become my whole self, to no longer resist, but to accept every part of me and to reframe my experiences from the past as as my source of strength was incredible. I started to experience self-trust again. I believed I was capable. I felt creative and industrious again. And when I started feeling like I was thriving, I developed a strong desire, almost this urgency to work for myself or to create something new. But at the time, I didn't know what. All I know is I began experiencing joy and power from making progress, making decisions and trusting myself. As simple as it sounds, these little factors led me to create the most extraordinary life. An opportunity landed with a friend and before long, I began working with her to develop a business idea. Suddenly, I became fearless. Somehow, I activated my personal power. I was spending all my time when I wasn't on mum duties to learn, grow and become an asset to my friend and my business partner. The beautiful thing was that it meant I could be there fully for my family and continue to take care of myself. 
And it was around then that I kind of realized that the secret to being a great mom and wife and to have a healthy mind body came from came from working on, on mindset blocks with very small, consistent daily progress, you know, small habits to create this momentum of progress. Not huge radical action, because for me, that just wasn't sustainable. I needed to be doing something small every single day that was taking me forward. So the business planning was going well. We created this brand new concept in the UK. It was kind of like a wellness sanctuary for young people to enjoy and learn about mind management, as well as how to grow and take care of their bodies. Kind of a cross between a spa and crystal maze, if you like. So I started creating these conceptual business plans. I completed a detailed feasibility study. I did a financial scenario planning spreadsheet. And I also started finding potential partners who could help us with different aspects of the business. And we did a lot of sense checking with clients, with future clients to see if the idea would 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 float basically but we didn't stop there we had so many excitable discussions about the potential ways we could work together kind of mapping out our finances our hours our roles and our responsibilities you know I felt so excited for the future my friend at the time was working full-time and her plan was to reduce her hours or to take a career break so we could establish the business venture She needed a year or so, so I just carried on training, learning, growing. I wasn't in a huge rush since the children were so little. After a year, things changed. She realised that she wasn't going to be able to create the time and we needed to find another way to make the business work. But there was still a problem. We just weren't the right fit for each other. We were great friends, but when it came to business, there seemed to be a lot of pretty major differences in our approach. Much to my horror, I realised there was a lot of suspicion and mistrust. The trouble is, I was oblivious to this until I was being screamed at down the phone. I thought if I worked hard and preempted all the needs of the business, then she would approve of me and I would be a worthy business partner. But this isn't how it went. We ended up hurting each other's feelings. I was made to feel like this big bad wolf, so I decided to walk away. And sadly, our 12-year friendship didn't recover from the whole fallout. But honestly, I appreciate the lessons. So after a few months, a pivotal conversation with a friend led me to recognising that I had a lot to offer as a coach. I'd been coaching in different capacities for most of my career. But now I was thinking about focusing on individuals and focusing specifically on mindset rather than sort of at an organisational change management level, which is what I'd been doing in the past. I identify as both a corporate mum and as a business mum, and I know many people share the same traits as I do. Traits like being driven, wanting to feel success, satisfaction, figuring out how to show up in all major areas of your life without compromising any of them. So I did some research and I took an intensive course to learn NLP and hypnotherapy, I chose to call my practice Roxana Hussein, Transformation Coach. You know, it felt bold and ambitious, which felt good to me. I wanted to rise up to this challenge of creating transformations. I thought if I could create transformational mindset programs for both working mums and mums in business and to develop some new methods, I'd be really happy. And I wanted my clients to avoid making decisions based on fear. 
but to make them from a place of hope and possibility. I wanted my clients to be more vulnerable, courageous, to heal, to progress, to own their life and to just live more joyfully. After the decision, I started working with clients to gain hours of practice. And when I felt ready, I created a website and just the basic means for clients to find me. It wasn't anything elaborate. These days, I select the types of clients I want to work with, the types of clients who I enjoy being around, who have a great vibe, and no matter what, they show up for themselves. That's important to me. And I'm finding that I'm connecting with people who share my core values, and this energy exchange is invaluable. I offer programs online and face-to-face, and I can do all of this whilst growing my business and fitting it in all around my family. Yes, Some days are tricky, but generally I enjoy so much more freedom now. There's no commuting or answering to tricky bosses. Time off when I need, but don't get me wrong, being an entrepreneur requires a great deal of self-motivation, connecting with my why daily. And I have to be a little scrappy, you know, I have to fight for time. I have to fight for information I need and support that I need. And figuring stuff out on my own is so empowering. These days, I use fear. I see fear as my instinct and imagination signaling me to be prepared. This simply means I need to level up to the challenges ahead. And I'm finding ways to use all of my emotions and feelings to kind of serve me rather than hinder me. And each day, I'm trusting myself more. And this means I make my own decisions and progress at a pace that I want. And as a transformation coach, I get to contribute too, which is one of my core values. I offer programs that I know other coaches charge way more for or charge for, but I'm exercising my prerogative to make some of my skills accessible to all. This matters to me. As a result of all of this, all kinds of working mums and a few men too are able to overcome imposter syndrome, procrastination, self-sabotage that stems usually from unresolved wounds. So after setting up the coaching practice, I was not only able to be intentional and present with my family, but also to finally be able to focus on them in a more wholesome way where time is available to us. To use that time to be fully present in the moment, creating memories and experiencing the experience of life. We're not chasing time anymore. Oh, and often I work on removing this notion or this pretense of being super busy where I end up scattering my energies too thin and becoming exhausted. I also get to spend time doing things I love, such as art, all whilst building a business where I am willing to feel growth and progress and keep momentum going. And in the end, all of this means I'm now able to be with my kids in a healthy, balanced way. I get to take care of their mum to be a better role model than I ever, ever imagined. And I never miss a highlight of their life. We're all growing to be more honest and more vulnerable with each other. And the thing that's most important to me is now I get to be the mum I was desperate to be. There's no facade. I'm real truly myself and I'm creating the conditions for my children to love themselves to accept their quirks and their uniqueness you know the very conditions that were missing from my childhood as I'm sure is the case for many of us and what's really interesting for me was everything changed when I became more vulnerable when I reached out for help and through that I learned to make fast decisions 
to accept and love myself, to trust myself and to listen to my instinct. The reason I desperately wanted to be right was because as a child, I felt I was always in the wrong. I couldn't allow myself to be her again. Making decisions as a child had cost me dearly, so I avoided them. To feel the pain of being told you're wrong, you know, it lives like a virus in your subconscious and has this ability to debilitate your your instinct and your self-trust and your wisdom and your talent, your genius. I would never have made all of these discoveries without being vulnerable and reaching out to experts. Today, it goes without saying, I'm a grown woman who owns her mistakes and I look for lessons and opportunities when things don't work out the way I planned. I'm almost excited when things don't work out. I invite failure because life has taught me that after every failure, there is gold. There is something amazing around the corner. Thank you for listening to this solo episode. My hope is for you to understand why I feel so passionately about elevating mums to help them learn to grow self-love and self-acceptance. You know, a mum who is growing to love herself and work on her personal growth is, is through her actions, voting for the person she wants to be. And by simply doing so, she indirectly teaches her children how to love and grow in a wholesome way. And my wish is for the next generation to love and accept themselves and to see their quirks as gifts to activate their personal power in their everyday life. I'm Roxana Hussein, and you've been listening to the Personal Power Boost podcast. You can follow Personal Power Boost on Instagram and Facebook. If you haven't yet, please go to the Apple podcast and rate and review this podcast. Do join me next week for another Personal Power Boost. Thank you so much for listening.